ready? I'm ready. Oh man, I don't think I'm gonna be able to make it through this. Fuck, I almost gotta like type out the lyrics because I'm gonna start laughing. Here, let me just pull up. This, it's a Kesha song. I'm, I'm like gonna oversell this. Because I'm happy, clap along. If you feel like that's what you wanna do. Oh, there's another song called Die Young that isn't by Kesha. It's by Roddy Ricch. I've never heard this song before. Now I'm weirdly interested. I hope you just keep all this. All right. <laughs> Wouldn't it be better if we went through all this trouble than and just didn't do it and then just introed the show? I don't know. I can do my Banjo-Kazooie impression. You can do your Banjo-Kazooie impression. Okay, name, name a Banjo character. Banjo? Don't, don't they always sound like that? Well, name a Kazooie character. <laughs> Kazooie? <laughs> I've never played the game, so I actually don't know if that's accurate or not. Oh, really? Really, really. Well, why am I doing this? I don't know. Why did no? You you told me to do it. I was just you joking. said you could do it. You have less shame than I do. Okay, no. Yes, you're, you're singing Keisha songs. I I well, I was going to, and now I might not. I don't feel like I'm drunk enough. So, anyways, everybody, stay tuned to the end of this week's opinions <laughs> are cheap for a <laughs> fantastic finale from Chad. <laughs> I only got the one beer. It's a light beer, so it's not going to get me very far. I don't know. I've got buzzed off a light beer. Yeah, I feel like if you think, if you try really hard, I haven't. It's like I haven't really. Miracle. I just. I wanted to make a Toy Story joke. Oh, did I fuck it up? No, it just wasn't that great. I, I mean, I haven't like memorized Toy Story, right? So you, his you... his name is Buzz Lightyear. Oh. So I said buzzed light beer. No, that's good. I I just nah. I wasn't paying attention for it. No, mm. I like that. That's my my brand of awful humor. Mm. I support you. Have you been playing anything lately? Like video game wise, just Warframe. Um. So you, I mean, you guys, everybody knows I like my MMOs. Yep. Um. Or as a textbook once said, more peg. Do you remember that? Yeah. That was never it. a thing, and for some reason that got printed in textbooks. <laughs> um, but I, I like my Morpigs, and so uh, I kind of like these seasonal events, because it gives you like a reason to come back, you know? Yep. So Star Trek, they do the same thing they do every year. You go to the, the beach resort planet, and you get on your surfboard, and there's like a dance contest, and all kinds of like summer fun, and you get like summer clothes, and it's all like happy. And that goes on for a month, and then they they come out with the Warframe summer event where you go to the beach planet, where you get squirt guns and you run around on the beach, and you get a beach ball for your your um your spaceship, and you get like sand colors and all kinds of like fun summery stuff for doing the okay. And then that's that's going on, and so they oh, came out. If you with... bleep the word colors and you said sand colors. 
It would sound super, like you said something super racist. It would. See, if you wanted to throw that in as a joke, you could do that, but I don't know if people would appreciate it. I don't I, know why you even thought of it. Maybe I'm getting drunk. See, we're going to have a good show tonight. We are going to have a good show. Got so nothing then to talk about. Final Fantasy comes out with their summer event, and you go to the beach resort, and you, you play in the water, and there's there's fireworks and fish fries, and I am just so tired of the same... Like, I'm burnt out of all these games. <laughs> like, what cause if? Because you live in California. You could go to an actual beach. I, I got... So, no... I don't want to get stabbed. They have, they get you get stabbed at the beach in California. Yes, hobos will stab you. Oh, forgot about the hobos. Um, I so the Final Fantasy thing came out, and all my Final Fantasy friends are like, "Come on, it's the summer event. We got we all got to get dates. We got to go watch the fireworks. We got to go get the exclusive thing." And it's like I showed up, and for like two seconds, it's like I was just doing this exact thing in Star Trek for a month straight. Sure, I am not doing this. Do they still uh, do the summer event in World of Warcraft where you go fight a hoon? Uh, yeah. I like that one. Um, but there's one... There's an interesting thing about the Final Fantasy 1. You know how these, like, MMO economies are. There's always, like, a currency to grind, and yeah. you gotta do this repeat daily stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. I've never seen an economy so backwards. Um, Except the United States one. Oh! Oh! So, you get a... There's a shop with all the summer stuff. Okay. You can get a hat and a shirt and socks and um, a couple, like, cute masks. And uh, you can get, like, a kiddie pool for your house and a poster for your house. And each of these things costs, like, one or two currencies. Okay. Now, if you walk over to the thing, it's like there's a giant, um like, platforming tower. So you just, like, do this jumping mini game and jump to the top of the tower it's for dumb retard babies. Mm-hmm. And you get up to the top, and they give you four tokens. And it's like, oh, well, this is enough for me to buy everything that I wanted. And then you get down to the bottom, and like, do you want to do it again? Like, okay. So I do it again, and they give me four more tokens. It's not a daily. It like lets you repeat as many times as you want. And it gives you enough to buy like four things every time you jump up the tower. Turns you into regular old Scrooge McDuck. So, well, that's the thing. Everybody's houses now are like wall-to-wall kiddie pools. So you can they, get all this money. Yeah, they bought like 18 of them <laughs> because it's like it's so brain dead easy to get them. And normally it's like you do the quest and you get the one reward. I've never seen it where it's like, yeah, you can just get a million of these if you want. Someone someone didn't think something through. But I, I know in a lot of games I've played where like if this happened, they would immediately fix it because they're like, oh, it'll fuck the economy up because there's a pay to play element to the economy. We can't have that. I think that happened in um, an Assassin's Creed game or something. They like released a level editor, and then you can build levels, and if you beat the level, you get experience or whatever. And so people were just building levels that played themselves, and so you could just like download the level and then play it over and over and not actually do anything and just grind experience for like, you know, an hour and get a, a ton, and you could level up properly. Yeah. So I've so never they got seen rid this of that before. Because yeah, it's so weird. I just sent you a picture of somebody's house. And it's like, this was day one, and it's like, oh, I bought ten of these pools. Honestly, if I walked in and saw someone's house like this, I would just immediately assume they were a pedophile. (laughs) Because that is way too many kiddie pools to have at a house. Unless there was some kiddie porn to go with them. You gotta entertain those kids somehow. 
So it's just like, it's weird how I'm half like, I'm bored with the summer stuff, but I'm also fascinated with like, I could get a thousand of these posters and literally use them as wallpaper in my house. Yeah. It's like, this doesn't, this hasn't happened before. We can get like this many of a thing. And it's just, it's like, it's just like morbid curiosity. It's like, how broken does this get? Do you, do you just think you maybe play too many MMOs? No. Oh. I I just don't... You, since I've known you, you've played a bunch... You, you know, you cycle through them, you play a lot of them, you try the new ones. Which is why I was always like, you really should start like some kind of blog, just, just detail the weird shit that goes on. Or even the mundane stuff, like what you're talking about now, where it's just like, hey, I've played Summer 12 times this summer, I hate Summer now. Like, I feel like that's an interesting angle for a piece of writing that people might actually want to read because it's it's not like the way Kotaku talks about games where it's either politics and and uh or or the industry sucks which you know both of those things can generate content but I feel like you get kind of tired of it right like I know the game industry is horrible I don't need to read about that anymore cuz this hasn't changed in the last 10 years and it's just going to keep getting worse cuz of course it will money but like having a weird guy be like, hey, guess what I did in World of Warcraft today, and then in Star Trek, it was the same thing, but one of them was in space, and one of them was in fantasy land with dinosaurs. Like, oh, that's neat. I could, I would, I would read that. Nah. Okay. I, I tried. I sent you that wallpaper. It's just this guy did what I was just saying. He go, he bought a hundred of these posters and just coated the wall with it. Oh, weird. So each of those is its own. He's item. got a throne. Yeah. And that's it. Like, and then I think a little he... maid lady next to him because a fucking course he does. <laughs> <laughs> fucking video games. Ah, uh, I love I love Final Fantasy. I'm. It's weird. I I'm glad people are appreciating it because it's a good game. But I feel like half the people appreciating it are like doing it to spite Blizzard. Oh really? There's this weird thing with Warcraft right now where everybody's just so angry with the company. Where it doesn't matter what they announce, it's always negative. Because they, yeah. they literally... they. So, did you see the updated Worgen models? No. Do they look neat? Yeah, they look... Um, They're drastically improved. You never played with the Worgen. You, you kind of bailed out around that, right? I bailed out right? before they were a thing. Like, like, pretty close to right before they were a thing. Which Some... is probably for the best, because my furry dumbass had been like, Oh, I can play as a furry now. Let's go. I'm going to level up another warlock. It's strange. I'm having difficulty finding a picture that actually compares them. Oh, weird. Um, Usually that shit's all over the place. Yeah, this is really weird. So they they released an update so that the the models have more polygons and more animations. And now the faces actually animate, too. Like, it's not just a rigid thing. Um, Like, the the cheeks will rise or lower and stuff. Um, oh, the new one looks pretty cool. Yeah. So they, they finally released this update. And I check on Twitter and there's a thing. It's like, the Goblin and the Worgen update is live. You can play with the Goblins and the Worgens. It's not tied to anything. It's just a patch. They just patched it so everything looks better. Everyone has better hair. Everyone's animated better. It's just, hey, here's a patch that literally just improves the state of the game. And the comments on Twitter are about, oh yeah, you gotta finish those uh, Q2 profit earnings, don't you? You gotta trick like everybody into subbing back into the game, don't you? When I played World of Warcraft, everyone hated it too, but they still played it. 
And it's like, we we, 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 all, we played a lot of Overwatch, and we bitched about it every time we played it, and then we stopped playing Overwatch, and now we're playing something else, and it's like, maybe that's the solution. Is <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like it, or you don't like the company, fucking play something else. Well, see, that's the thing. People are finally starting to move, and they're going to Final Fantasy, and they're ruining that game. Oh. Because they're all idiots, and they don't know what they're talking about. And they use words like tune and transmog and aggro, and I want to stab them. Is and like, transmog not a thing in Final Fantasy? It's called glamour, and it's spelled with oh. a U. And like if someone the, says, like the... where do I go for transmog? And you vote kick them out of the group. <laughs> I think in um in True Blood it was called glamouring with a U when the vampires hypnotize people to doing what they want. So I associate the word glamour with that dumb thing instead well that's the funny thing it it within the lore of the whole thing the glamour system literally is magic spells to make it's like you you learn a magic spell that makes your clothes look like other clothes sure so you're doing it yourself with literal magic and it's like this entire universe is full of vain people that have magic powers to just dress up i mean i feel like that's pretty accurate right like they created a thing that would make everybody's life better, but it could also do one thing that's really mundane. Most people would just use it for that because it's easier. Like, oh, I can make my clothes different colors without needing to go buy new clothes? Fuck yeah. That'd be amazing. They'd be like, yeah, but you could also use this magic to in World Hunger. It's like, no, someone else will do that. I want my shorts to be blue today. It's just it's just how we operate. I, I think so little of people most of the time. But they haven't given me a reason to think highly of them, now have they? That's true, too. You know, the, these updated models are actually pretty... They look really nice. I, um... I don't... I haven't played much on my Worgen. I have a, a more... I have a... I made, like, a werewolf wizard. Because you know it's, like... You know what you should do? All my characters are jokes. Is you, you, but you name him Peace again, and you just be... You're, like, the opposite of war, and you just try to make <laughs> everybody feel better. You're like, I am the Peace again, Lord of Peace... Everyone gets a free rupee. <laughs> and then people will be mad at you because you spam that in Baron's chat. And they'll be like, that's not a Chuck Norris joke. They still do those? No, there's no Baron's chat anymore. How is there no Baron's chat anymore? There's no Baron's. They blew it up. Oh, that's like, probably for the best. That place sucked. Well, that's, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> there was. Like, when Cataclysm happened, Deathwing, like, in the trailer, you literally see him, like, torching the Baron's. And it's like, that actually happened, where now there's just, like, a flaming crater, and, like, the earth is split there. And it's funny, because there's people that logged out there before the patch went live, and so when Cataclysm started, you just, like, you pop in, and you're floating above a giant, like, crevice of lava, and so you just, like, fall all the way down and die. Nice. And it's like, you get what you deserve. Here's a question for you. Oh, If you were to make your own MMO, what would you do? <laughs> um... So I uh, uh it would be like um monster races. There'd be like no humans. Okay. And everything would be like um there'd be a mermaid and a spider and a harpy and what was the other ones? Um so I designed these like fish people that the the idea I had was each race should have something that they can call their own. Okay. So there'd be fish people, and that's like the only one that can. Oh man, swim. that's a fucking sexy paladin warden. Um, there's the, like the harpies would be the only ones that can fly, and they'd have like a like a tree town that only they can get up to the town part. 
Okay. There'd be the spiders, and they're the, they would have, like, night vision. And so they're the only ones that can navigate the dark caves that they live in. And then I, I thought of another one, and I can't remember what it was. I think I was playing with, like, what would the centaur do? It's like, well, they can run fast, so anyone could just go wherever they can go. <laughs> so it's like, they can't do anything special. You know, you have to pass a treadmill to get into their town, and only fast few running people can run off the treadmill. I think the other thing I came up with was, like, a ferry, and maybe there's, like, a very small place that only they can get to. But then the other problem is that they can fly, so it, yeah. it makes the harpies feel less special. No, I, I get what you're trying to do. I think, I think that's cool. So they, they actually did this. it means you can't, this... like, raid the other people's city, right? Like, you, well, you have yeah, your own it... safe place. But it's also, like... I, I, one of the things I like in Warcraft is you pick your race, and then based on your race, you have very limited class options. Right. And they keep like getting easier with those requirements. And it's like I kind of I, I think it's neat that no one in the alliance can be a shaman. And I like that paladin is kind of a human thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's like they come out with the monk class, and literally everyone can be a monk. And it's like I don't. That's stupid. I'm not feeling that. I feel like it made sense with the uh, Death Knights, because it's like, oh, they died and got brought back to life. Like, there's a lore reason why that would happen. But yeah, for a monk, like, it just, I don't so, know, I don't... you know what it. they did um, with the Demon Hunters? They actually stuck really loyal to the canon, and you have to be an elf to be a... Oh, that's cool. Because you, you literally, like, the intro story takes place during the Black Temple where Illidan's training you. Oh, yeah. And he, like, sends you off on a mission or something, and so you can literally only play as races that were present there being trained by him within the story. And it's like, oh, I kind of appreciate that it's this limited thing that's special, and it means something, and you pay attention to the story, and and you understand stuff, because it's like, uh, they put in a panda death knight, and I think it was a joke, but it just raises all these questions that no one wants to answer. Sure. And it's like, it's a silly game, so of course silly things will happen sometimes. But it's also like, you're supposed to care. And so when the world doesn't follow rules, it's like, well, why would anyone else? Yeah, Harry Potter. Um, how about you? What would what would your ideal MMO be? I want, I've always wanted like a Pokemon MMO, but with like, kind of MMO, like, like World of Warcraft-y elements. Like you're going on raids and stuff, so you get all these people together and you're like, at the end of the raid, you could, like, catch a really rare Pokemon or something, but you're controlling the Pokemon, or, like, you have, like... It'd be, like, a, like Smash Brothers, but with Pokemon, but with a lot of people. Because that's largely what you do with Pokemon, right, is you fight each other. And so it's, like, you're walking around, but you get into fights, and then it's, like, a 2D battle game, and you have, like, a Smash, you know, like, your specials with over B, up B, down B kind of thing, and, you know, it's just, like, if you made Super Smash Brothers only Pokemon, but had, like, 150 characters, because... Or 251 because I'm willing to go that far, but everything else after that can fuck off. And uh, I think that'd be... I don't even know why I would want that, right? Like, there's something about that has always appealed to me. Like, as soon as I... The first time I played World of Warcraft, and I was just like, what if this but Pokemon? Wouldn't that be amazing? And I never... This never, like, left me for some weird reason. I don't think you're alone, either. Um, You ever play that, uh, that Pokemon MMO? No. Isn't that... That was a fan-made thing, right? Well, apparently it's still going. Oh, I would have thought Nintendo would have shut that down. I Well, I think they do periodically, and it just kind of comes back. Sure. But it's like, I, I think it's weird. The The setting of Pokemon implies that it's like, look at all these people out there, and they're all on their own journey. 
And so it's like the idea is really easy to just kind of imagine, like, what if I could meet up with friends? Yeah. And we could do stuff together. I feel like that's not a huge... Man, did you see the new Pokemon announcement? Uh, no. It's like, yeah, I don't want to play this game. That's fair. They're trying really hard to make sure that I never play this game. Is this for the one where they get really big? Yeah. What's the announcement, then? Um, I don't know. There's like a new... There's a there's a new coughing that's green instead of purple. Is that it? Um, Zigzagoon evolves. I don't know which one that is. You remember like the Gen three Ratata? No, I didn't play Gen three. That's why I cap it at Gen two. So the Gen three Ratata evolves. Oh, that co- okay. That coughing thing's real. Yes. I th- I keep seeing that. I thought that was a really clever picture to like. Talk about pollution and capitalism. I was like, man, someone came up with a really good good political satire to use Pokemon with. That I'm upset now. All of these things are horrible. So, I, it's, that's really funny to me <laughs> that they, they released a new Pokemon design and your first thought was, oh, that's someone's art. I thought it was fan art. I, but that's the thing. It looks like fan art. It does. And here's the other thing. I've seen fan art that looks better than canonical Pokemon stuff. Yeah. So it's very funny to me that, um, like, I don't know who Pokemon is for anymore because I feel like they're losing the child audience and they're actively driving away their man-child audience. Yeah. What the fuck is this rat thing in the, in the, on the right? Uh, it electric... looks like Frankenstein's rat asshole. It's uh, Electrochew. It's fucking awful. It's stupid. Yeah, it's not a great design. Um, I I don't. Good, it's whatever. Fucking dumb smile. Hate it. Beady old eyes. And then the new rival looks like Susie from Game Grumps. So there's a lot of inappropriate art of her. Already. Yeah, that took five minutes. <laughs> well, at least the internet's still doing that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if nothing else. It's at least a thing. So what's your name? Pokemon Sui. Well, I, I cannot find a picture of her now. I don't know the She's character's name. she got green name. hair. That's not right. That's a, the wrong character. That's a recurring character in the Pokemon anime. No. I'm not. Uh, who, who am I looking for? I don't know her name, so. Pokemon Let's... New Rival. Marnie. Marnie, Okay. She looks like someone that is going to be involved in a lot of unpleasant fan art. Yeah. She's Susie from Game Grumps, so that's good. (laughs) The problem with characters like that is that they're underage, so when I go to E621 and type the name in, I'm not doing myself any favors, but I'm also curious. Oh, there's only one picture, and it isn't her. It's a a very pregnant-looking otter, I think. I don't know what that is. That's such a great sentence. Is it pregnant or is it just thick with two C's? Its head doesn't look like it's attached. The line works really bad. There. Well, we learned a thing tonight. <laughs> Everything is horrible. I. Ah. <laughs> uh... I found there's some horrible art here that I don't. I don't necessarily want to talk about. But the point is is that it exists already because Rule 34 is... So, whatever. Oh, it's from this site. Yeah, it's from that site. 
Do you? Uh, okay, I got a question real quick. Have you? <laughs> it's horrible. It's yeah. That guy has a lot of that. <laughs> I'm not gonna explain that one to the listeners. They just um, have to guess. So okay, are you familiar with the term psychic vampires? Mm-hmm. Okay, I I was just I was telling somebody about this, and they thought I was making up words. No, those are two real words you can put together. Okay, I I was a little. I was surprised that he'd never heard this before, so I was wondering if this is a thing that people don't know about. I know it was either Mercedes Lackey or Elizabeth Moon that did a couple books that involved basically psychic vampires. One of them was in a band, and he didn't realize, like, he got bit or something, and so, but he was in a band, so he played, he's playing music, and that's like he, you know, he's basically draining the audience uh, of emotions and energy and stuff. And uh, drinking a lot of Coke, because it's like the book was sponsored by Coca-Cola or something, and that also made him feel better. Until he realized he was a vampire, and he actually had to, like, go hunt people and physically take emotions and energy and on all of the uh, whatever psychic phenomena you want to throw into it. I don't remember the plot other than that bit, but I think it was an okay. I think it was okay. Okay. So that's... Yeah, that's, where I, that's where, where I get psychic vampires from. And I think there was one in Twilight, too. Yeah, but Twilight's, like, fiction. Oh, okay, we're talking like, wait, what? What? We need, we need, just go on, what, 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 where, are you, where are we going with this conversation? I just, I, it, it surprised me that he'd never heard of this before. Um, so I saw a movie, do you want to talk about a movie? We can talk about movies. I saw a Twisted Pair. Oh, how was it? It was interesting, it, um, it's not my favorite Neil Breen movie. Is he he's self aware now? Is is he is he self aware? I think there's a little bit of self awareness that you, you you kind of can't escape because I think he's fully aware who's buying the movies. Like he he knows like when he looks up his name and the results are always YouTube videos making fun of him. That's gotta be really rough. It, well, it's interesting because I feel like if I, he felt that bad, he wouldn't have made Twisted Pair. Okay, that's fair. Um, it's Twisted Pair. It's a very. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very um, unique Neil Brain movie in that I can describe the plot. Oh, wow. Which so I, has he gotten better as a writer, though? Is that the thing? No. I want to tell you about the like the opening scene. Um, it's it, There's like this exposition about how him and his brother were twins, and they grew up together as twins, and they had fun at the beach until the day they were chosen. And then there's this, like, weird, unpainted latex mask of an alien that just, like, floats in the sky. And it's, like, he just describes that him and his brother were, they were chosen. And that's when they were taken. And they were uh, programmed with advanced AI and programs to become the most powerful people and they would be sent on missions. And it's like, what is going on? And this whole time while he's talking, it's just like this weird footage of a CGI tree. <laughs> it, it, like the one from the trailer, like that weird purple thing. Yeah. And I, I think that's supposed to represent what it's like when they're on like the mothership or this other dimension. And it's like, he explains how his brother, um, I can't remember the character names. I think it was like Kane. Of course it is. Oh, is he Abel? No, he's Kale. That's horrible. That's worse. I, I think the names are wrong, but it's like they're two names that are too similar, so it's difficult mm. to follow. So Kane is the one that's wearing a fake beard. 
Okay. And he failed his mission, so they took his powers away. Um, and then Kale is like, I loved my brother, but he had to leave, so I do all the missions. And so it's like, it's him on a green screen in front of stock footage. So it's like, here's stock footage of an airplane, so it looks like he's sitting on the airplane. Oh my god, And here's amazing. here's stock footage of, <laughs> of like, an eagle flying in, in slow motion, and then he, like, pets the eagle, and it's not scaled right, so he looks kind of smaller than he's supposed to. And it's like, what's going on? And so the plot is Kale is has all these like superpowers and he's this superhero that it's like he just has these superpowers and so he takes these missions where he has to go do things to help maintain order on Earth. So okay. it'll be like stop these terrorists or I don't know I don't even know what the missions were. And he'll like fly through a building and explode everything and do this and explode everything and he just teleports around and then <laughs> he's like walking home after a mission and he like he's not looking where he's walking and this lady isn't looking where she's walking and <laughs> she like bumps into him and she drops her papers so he's like oh no here let me help you it's like no no don't help me no no don't help me he's like, no no let me help you no don't help me don't help me no no. He's like, oh, uh, what, what is with him and directing women? Like, I feel like that's in, like, every other movie I've seen where there's, like, a lady that wants nothing to do with him. And he's like, no, don't worry. I will help you. So, yeah, he does that every time. And so what's <laughs> weird is that, like, he's he's struggling to give her these papers that she does not want from him. And he's like, hey, I think you're very pretty. We should get drinks. We should, we should come back here. You should meet me at 8 o'clock right here at this spot. And she's like, no, and walks away. <laughs> and this this happens in front of a hobo that's like sitting there watching and the hobo is like she's very pretty and he's like I know and then it like cuts and the hobo's still there and he, he shows up and it's like it's 8 o'clock and she didn't show up and the hobo's like well maybe next time and then <laughs> this is where it went weird and like me and Richard looked at each other oh, this is where it went weird huh? yeah, so this is this feels like a Neil Breen movie up to this point yeah, yeah, no, this is, like, the incoherent we- bullshit I-, I expect out of that man. So, <laughs> it's, it's strange, because you, you hear this weird narration. He's narrating, like, the whole movie. So it's hard to tell when he's talking and when it's a narrator. Why does of, he do that so I much? I don't know. And so it's that lady that, like, did not want anything to do with him. She's in her house, like, cooking dinner. And you hear his voice, and it's like... Like, you didn't show up at 8 o'clock when you said you would. Uh, like, you you denied me, and I'll take what's mine. And it's like, what is going on? And he, like, breaks in through the window and is, like, trying to, like, pin her down on the couch. And she's, like, fighting and punching and, like, and saying, no, no, don't do this, no. And she grabs a painting off the wall and, like, hits him over the head with it like a cartoon. And he, and he's like is like holding her down while she's struggling, and and he's like yeah, I think he like hits her once and and like calls her a bitch. Jesus. And it and she's like no no this goes on for way too long. And then they both start giggling, and they kiss each other. And it's like so how was your day? And it turns out they're a couple. And the whole was, time. Yes, and it was so awkward to watch this scene because i feel like on paper he had a mental image of it being a pleasant twist 
that this isn't a rape scene. <laughs> but it doesn't come across as pleasant. It's like, I wish I didn't watch this scene. That's, oh, it's so weird. And, and so it's like, okay, <laughs> you've seen Neil Breen before, but never two of them at the same time. And also never this rapey, but even sometimes it's still a little rapey. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. It's not haha funny, but it's funny. So, if you want to hear haha funny, um, like like I said, there was actually a plot. Okay. So while the superhero Kale was fighting supervillains, oh, the supervillain's great. He he made the supervillain has these like thinking diamonds that can turn into hologram shapes, and so one of the holograms like takes on a consciousness and becomes a fairy and the fairy is just this poor stripper that they hired to be in this movie and wear wings oh man and she walks over to a tv and turns on the tv and neil breen's double down is playing and oh she, that's amazing she teleports into the movie to join the movie wow yeah wow that's not i and like so anybody else that'd be like a really clever thing for him it just feels a little masturbatory it, so and there was another scene that he he reshot a sequence from Fateful Findings that I don't know why he put that in there because it fell out of place. I want to make a movie and then have a TV with a Neil Brain movie in the background. Yeah, as a fun I, Easter egg. I do too. And um, it's just I don't. It's weird, but the villain was great because I didn't understand why, but he had his voice auto-tuned to like the absolute lowest setting on audacity <laughs> where it's like every time he talks it's like you've come here you must do what i told you to you will do as i command i am the villain and it's like what is going on why is he talking like that like nothing about it feels mysterious or interesting it's like what is going on so while kale is doing all this stuff Kane is abducting bankers and lawmen and businessmen and uh, like just shooting them in a warehouse for As like you do. for justice and the whole time the movie keeps saying like people are investigating a crime scene and it's like it must have been that vigilante justice warrior or something it's it's one of those vigilante justice murders and they keep referring to it as vigilante justice and not just murder. <laughs> where it's like, are they actually supportive of him and they don't want to admit it? Or does he not realize how this sounds? Well, that's the thing, right? Is that uh, Neil Breen is, has like a weird sense of politics in all his movies. Is he a hacker in any of this? No. How but many cell phones does he have? One. Ah, there, there were some things. There was no tuna. There was no laptops. Like there, There were things about this movie that were different. And I kind of appreciated that because I didn't want to just sit down and watch Fateful Findings again, you know? Mm -hmm. I wanted to see something new. And it's like, hey, you know, I got something new. So what's interesting with the plot is it kind of meanders like you would expect. But by the end, uh, Kale gets betrayed and his trust is betrayed and he's not sure if he wants to, to keep saving humanity anymore. So he goes back to the mothership to, like, think. But he basically leaves Earth. Meanwhile, Kane, who's kind of like the bad guy, quote unquote, um, he's like he has his resolve like steeled more than ever, and he's gonna keep doing it without the superpowers. And it's like, well, this is actually kind of an interesting thought that I think he had at some point. 
and he sat down to write out this thought. And it's like, well, good for you. And just as I'm thinking this, he he stops and looks in the camera as if to, you know, as if to punish me for thinking good of him. And he puts his hand to his heart and says, I'll be right here. Like with an E.T. voice. And I don't know why. Okay. And then it fades to black and it's like, oh, I guess that's how the movie ends is by quoting E.T. Amazing. And then so wait, it's the no, 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 no. It's it fades to black. It's black. And then it says Kale and Kane will return dot dot dot. Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy did that, and it was great, and everyone else is doing that now, and I want it to die. No, it's like every Marvel movie does that. I, I've seen other... I think DC did that movie to that, too, though. But it's like every Marvel movie does that. It's always the Avengers will return, mm-hmm. and then Thanos will return. And it's so like, now, of course the Avengers will return. You've made a billion dollars. You're not going to not have them fucking return. So, Neil Breen promised a sequel to this specific movie. And that's more exciting than the announcement that he was making a movie. So the trailer had a lot of like explosions and weird things where you like jump from like the foreground of a scene to the background. Yes. Where does all that fit in with this? No. Does okay. So that's the thing. <laughs> There's these sequences where it, it was a it was hard to follow because I feel like this movie used more green screen than his other ones. Oh. And most of the movie was filmed on a community college that represented, I think, the secret, like, CIA headquarters and also Wall Street and also every other city in America. Oh, and also a fancy restaurant. There's a part where he takes his girlfriend out and he's like, I I booked every room in this restaurant so we could have it all to ourselves. And it pans over and it's clearly like a lunch area <laughs> in, a, in a community college you know, and it's like it's in the middle of the night where I'm not sure if they actually had permission to film there and they're just hoping security wouldn't show up. Like it's I wanna it, watch the making of a Neil Breen movie so bad. I I don't want to know what he's like behind the camera. I don't want to see him like yelling at people for not acting out his vision correctly. I suppose it kinda like it breaks the mystery, right? This is a this is a don't meet your heroes thing. Like if you ever yeah, see Neil yeah, Breen, yeah. just buy a house from him and walk away. That's very true. So here, here's a here's a dumb hypothetical. Neil Breen gets to direct a Marvel movie. Which character do you give him? The Watcher. Ooh, that's a good answer. He could narrate everything and be like obtuse, and people are like, "Oh wow, he nailed the Watcher." Yeah, I was thinking, um, you know, in Thor Ragnarok, where like there's all those weird aliens, and yes. I think there was like a weird, there was like a small one that didn't couldn't actually talk. I want like Neil Breen. Oh, shit, bought my headphones. I want Neil Breen to narrate to do his movie because it does it. It doesn't matter where it fits. But I mean, he can just like narrate everything, and it doesn't because the character can't fucking speak English. No, no, I know what they should do. He does uh, Deadpool. No, I actually like Deadpool. No, but they force him to use the costume from Wolverine X Men. Oh God. <laughs> and it. This is like it's clearly. The Neil Breen Deadpool, like, yeah. not part of the canon. He could be Squirrel Girl. <laughs> <laughs> and he fights, like, a really shitty version of Thanos and punches him. No, no, no. He's not Squirrel Girl. He's Squirrel Girl Squirrel Tippy Toe. <laughs> and he's just in a really bad squirrel costume narrating everything. <laughs> and then he tries to assault the woman and gets slapped. And then it's never resolved. 
And then, oh, and then they have to they have to find where Thanos is going. So he's like, I know. And, and and he's like, give me a moment. And he's like hitting all his laptops. Yeah, he's got four of them. There's little squirrel paws. I Do you remember the teasers for um, Seinfeld's B movie? Yeah. Where they, act, they acted out scenes from the movie, but it was live action and they were in silly costumes. So... That this, I don't know. I'm gonna this Google that right the first Frustrating, now. yeah. It, it's frustrating because those were more entertaining than the movie, and I have a feeling that it was cheaper to shoot than the animation. I don't. Uh, I don't think I never saw the B movie. I know it became a meme, and part of it was to just like put it on Pornhub and stuff. So here, here it is. So, um, he Seinfeld filmed these things where he's in this like big round B costume. Yeah, and it's like. He's suspended in the air, so it looks like he's flying, kind of a thing. But he's clearly on a string, and it's just these little things where it's like these dumb skits where it's like, "Hey, I'm a bee. That's the joke. What What's the deal with flowers?" And this is all a lot more funny than how the movie turned out. And the movie's fine. Like honestly, I recommend watching it if it's free of if it's freely available. I but, just, it just seems so weird that Jerry would do this. Yeah, this this seems almost out of his wheelhouse. The dude doesn't need a paycheck. No, I th- I think he did this for the fun of doing a kids movie. I don't know if like he has an agent that said, "Oh, you got to get into voice work, do a kids movie." You got name recognition. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he does and he doesn't, but not with kids, right? Like, well, I I don't know. Ki- kids movies are weird. They get a lot of actors that kids don't. Do you remember like that Rodney Dangerfield movie where he's a dog? Yeah, what the fuck movie was that? Like, Rover Dangerfield, and it's like, yeah, for all those nine-year-old Rodney Dangerfield fans. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? It's like, who is this for? And so it's just, with with the B-movie, these promos were funny. Like, they're actually cute. There's I sent you one where he's, like, on a mm-hmm. windowsill, but there's another one where they act out the whole scene where they're on the, the windshield of the car that's driving. And, like, all the characters are rolling around, and they're being, like, sprayed with water and stuff and screaming. And it's, like, if they made the movie as, like, a clearly a stage production with these, like, dumb set pieces, I feel like it would have been a lot more unique and charming and entertaining. Because it's, like, this is so weird. I've never seen this before. Right. And instead, we just got a really, you know, it's a generic kind of animated cartoon, you know. If you saw Ants, you'll love B-Movie. Also, I realize what I want Neil Breen to direct. I want oh, him no. to do a biopic of or biopic of uh, Stan Lee, and he can be Stan Lee. <laughs> I and have a vision. Things, all of the things are code, but it's not the code that we normally like. Like the X Men isn't code for racism; it's code for like alien something off the fucking wall. What's it? No, Neil Breen always comes back to how the bankers. And insurance salesmen and politicians are robbing the people. And so it's just everything would have to be about, like, okay, we have X-Men. And they can they can stretch their arms. And they stretch their arms to stop the insurance companies from charging too much money for my car. It's like, okay. And he just passes off the idea to somebody to write for him. I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like if I was in a slightly different mindset, I could make that funny. And do a bit or whatever, but it's it's, it's not gonna happen tonight, guys. I want I want to do I want to do an impression, but I'm not good at impressions. 
What's it? I can't do it. <laughs> bees. We talked about bees last time, didn't we? Yeah, we didn't talk about the bees. bee movie. So I want to talk about the bee movie. Um, bee movie is better than the ants movie. Really? I hate. I hated ants. I liked ants, but which is also funny because like, like, you know how all those kids love Woody Allen. And all the kids are always oh. like, man, I wish my husband would be an ant. So they did that movie, and it's like, okay, I don't like it at all. It's it's fine, but I just I don't like it. And I watched the B movie, and it's like, well, it's fine. I guess I like it. So what's sure. like, what's the next when DreamWorks makes a C movie? What's a what's an animal? What's a bug that starts with C? Centipede. So when they make centipede, who's cast in centipede? Um, it has to be an actor that kids will not appreciate. I want Woody Harrelson to play the Woody, centipede. Woody Harrelson is Woody, Woody Harrelson in Centennial. <laughs> um, there's two of them, so it's bicentennial. No, that makes it a B movie now. Oh, okay. So, damn it, I was gonna say that they're leaving us, so it's a bicentennial. Like you're waving. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. This is terrible. I want the villain in this movie to be Nicolas Cage. I don't know where we're going with it, but... Oh, okay. I got a question. This is off the... This is a different subject now. Okay. Remember how in the first Star Wars movie, Luke had to, like, sell his car in order to, like, take a bus somewhere? No. Like, he he literally... they They had to leave Tatooine, and it took so much money to leave Tatooine that he had to sell his car. Oh, the speeder thing. Yeah, I suppose. I th- no, I thought they just hitched a ride with, uh, with uh, Han Solo. No, they, like, <laughs> Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, like, promised more money than they had. And Luke's car, like, covered just over half of it. So they're able to do the front half. And it's like, don't worry, when you get to Alderaan, we'll pay the rest. I don't remember this detail. Is it, yeah, because Luke's like complaining about it's like, oh, they, we only got five thousand credits. They these just don't go for anything now that the TX six hundred came out. And Obi Wan's like, it's more than enough. Okay, I just googled, did Luke Skywalker sell his car? <laughs> and the the first link is from two thousand fifteen. It says every question you have about Luke Skywalker's land speeder. <laughs> That's one of the questions. For it's from. Jalopnik.com. Well, how much did he sell it for? Because I don't remember. I guess it was 15,000 credits. 15,000 credits. And I think it was 10,000 to leave and then 10,000 when they get there. So it was like... So he he was able to sell his car for like a one-way ticket (laughs) to a a politician planet. So I I think it's weird in these sci-fi settings when they just like trivialize space travel. Because I feel like it, in, in like, that's one of the, <laughs> I don't want to complain about Less Jedi every time. But I feel like um it was neat that they said, we only have enough fuel to jump one more time. And it's like, oh, I kind of like that there's a limit here. But then they, like, they just go to a casino planet because they can. Oh, and I, it's okay. Like... <laughs> I was wrong. Okay. The X-34 land speeder sold new for 10,550 credits, and Luke got his for 2,400 credits used. That's nice. Yeah. He had to take a bath on his when he sold it, getting only 2,000 credits, which he blamed on the newer X-38s coming out. Yes. But still, I like when resource limitation is a thing in sci-fi settings. Yeah. 
Like in uh, StarCraft, when you got you're not enough pylons. Yeah, it's like the thing with the pylons, where sometimes you need more of them. Yep. That I'm was my whole point. Was I like, I don't like in Star Trek where it, it seems like they can just magically do whatever they want to, and then there's there's a problem, and they can't solve it. So we got to figure out a way to solve this problem. And it's like you idiots can just literally fly magically anywhere. What do you care? Why is there so much fake bullshit about a fake thing that doesn't exist that a guy sold and we never saw it ever again, ever? So there's this a video. article is so long. <laughs> there's a video you might appreciate that Red Letter Media put out where they read like the top 17 facts about Darth Vader's suit that you didn't want to know. <laughs> and it's like, it, it sounds like a funny clickbaity article, but it's like they're reading these details and it's like people put a lot of time and thought into elements of the suit that do not matter. Well, are they actually like, do they actually exist in the show or is it stuff people made up after the fact for expanded universe books that no one so, cares about? Well, it's complicated because the, the way the expanded universe was always handled was that it, it's kind of treated as B canon, which... Yeah, uh, I suppose. Honestly, I like the idea of B canon. I, I like how there's the movies and the movies trump everything, but if you guys want to expand on the universe, have at it. And there's like, you come up with these neat characters like Thrall and Thrawn and Thorn and Thark. And it's like, sweet. So it's weird when they say like, no, only the things we approve are canon. It like limits the world so much. But at the same time, it's also kind of obnoxious when the one person's like, oh, you didn't read the the 14th Boba Fett book that explains why his hair is no longer blonde because he dyed it after he listened to that tuba band. That's like, what are you talking about? It's just like, there's a point where people get too snobby about things as if they're more important than they really are. And that's more of the fault of the fan base than the material. So I want to make that distinction. But I had a point and I lost it. That's okay. I read an amazing headline and it's, Woman says meth found hidden inside vagina is not hers. Okay. And I feel like that, that could be true. It could be. I don't know. I had a laugh, and then I said it out loud, and I realized it's probably not that funny. I saw a headline that made me laugh. Where was that? Was I it think... a headliner because you were at a comedy club? No, I don't laugh anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. I hate everything and everyone. Including oh, me? Yes. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah. So, you know what Fast and Furious is called in Japan? Uh... Tokyo, Tokyo. No, it's called Wild Speedy. <laughs> we both said it's stupid and probably racist. So, <laughs> what the? So this new one came out called Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, which is dumb because it makes me think of Calvin and Hobbs, which makes me think of that edgy Calvin and Hobbs comic that came out a couple years ago that was fucking dreadful, and I can't remember what that was called. So in Japan, it's called Wild Speedy Super Combo. And the poster is a lot better than the U.S. poster. And it's like, I'd rather see Wild Speed Super Combo than Fast and Furious Hobbs and Sh- Yes, yeah, the poster. Were... <laughs> I thought you were doing the joke a second time. And I was like, dude, we already did that joke. No. You were right. It's true. <laughs> but the poster's like cool looking. It's like, oh, wow, they're two, they're two different guys that, with different cool that walks is. of life. I can see why people watch these movies. That's a cool car. 
I want to see that car drive real fast. Go vroom, vroom. Okay, I want to kill three minutes, so I'm going to talk about one more thing. Okay. Did you follow Evo? No. Do you see that joke where they they pretended to leak that Snake was coming to Tekken, and they accidentally played the video early before the announcement? No, but it's funny. So it turned out that wasn't real. It was a joke. Yeah. And it's like, I don't get the joke. The joke is, haha, you can't have this thing. But that's so... It's such a weird... It's not funny. It's because it's why it's at Evo. There's no, there's no jokes at Evo. It's only hardcore fighting. Smash Brothers isn't there. Because they're like, no, that's a party game. Those peasants. Oh, well. I want you to watch the first 30 seconds of this video. Sonic Movie Fix and why. So, Hot Diggity Demon went and he, he animated Sonic in his style over the trailer. Oh, wow. This is great. This is really good. It's a cartoon. Sonic should be a fucking cartoon in this movie, like Roger fucking Rabbit. So, this is my glad space. Is you should look up Sonic Movie Fix parentheses and why you should date me and parentheses. Because uh Hot Diggity Demon did a really good essay. Like he does this little animation sample to showcase his point. But he does this like seven minute long essay explaining the reasoning behind it. It's not just here's my style, I like it more. It's like he explains certain things like you know how Sonic's arms are blue? I thought they were beige. They're supposed to be beige, but in the in the movie, they're blue. Okay. The problem with that, partially, is that it's harder to make him out when... <laughs> it's like his arm blends in with the rest of his body. And it's like, it's just a bad design choice. Sure. It's not just how it's rendered or his proportions. It's like, literally, from a distance, you have trouble making out what you're looking at. And it's like, these are the kind of things that professionals should understand. They don't... Someone designed this that maybe wasn't a professional, and was like, you, make this thing my reality. I will have I, none of it. I don't know. I think Here's there's um, I think there's a lot of bad movies that get made, and people don't complain about it. So I don't want to sound like some guy jumping on the hype train about, ha, oh, let's make fun of the Sonic movie. It's just, I really liked um, Max Gallardi's little video essay, and it ends with a two-minute sequence about why you should date him, and that's very educational also. I would date him. He seems like a fun chap. Um, yeah, I won't spoil the video, but look up Sonic Movie Fix and why you should date me. I'll and take him to the Olive Garden. You can decide if you want to take Max Gallardi to the Olive Garden. And I'll be like, hey, let's have some wine. He got banned like, oh, on man, Twitter. This wine's really expensive. What if we just went to the liquor store across the street and bought some cheap wine and we could each just drink a whole bottle and we would do that. Did you see his interview with Sonic? No. That was good, too. So, do you have a Glad Space, Chad? Yeah. Oh! I've been, uh, I I watched the first season of One Punch Man. I know I'm late to the party, but One Punch Man is pretty fun. So, I don't like the anime. I feel like the, I read the first bit of the manga and it was different. Did you, okay, I want to ask you real quick. Did you read, like, the professional grade manga? In the manga, he, uh, he doesn't become One Punch Man by working out. He, like, punches something so hard that he loses his hair. Or no, no, he he gets, like, insulted so bad he loses. Like, the crab thing, like, insults him, and I think he punches it, and then he loses his hair. Like, it was different than the show. So, did, did you watch the professional-grade manga? Maybe. So, Saitama Man or whatever started as a joke by this guy that can't draw so good. 
and it was sort of like a critique on superheroes where it's just like it was the joke and she's like crummy drawings but it turned into this like interesting thing that they took it and went to a professional artist and like redid the story and did a professional manga based on the joke mm. so i kind of liked it when it was a joke and it's like i think of I think I've said this before, but, like, my dream is that somebody would take, like, sap in the grass and literally take the story that I'm proud of writing and then give it to a professional artist to make it better. I like your art on that. It's cute. I don't. It is what it is. You do, you do a good job with the faces, which is what's the most important because they're expressive and but, there's human elements. But that's the thing. If, if it got the One Punch Man treatment, the manga would be amazing, and then I would probably hate the anime. I maybe I, I it's one of those things right where like yeah if you had someone that could could spend eight hours a day working on this to make it perfect, but I I as far as like because I I uh, I remember reading some version of the manga a long time ago, I mean, like that's kind of funny I guess whatever. And then it, it comes out as an anime and it explodes and everyone's talking about it and I don't have Hulu, and so I don't give a shit and so I get some Hulu and I was like you know what we should do we should watch One Punch Man actually my brother suggested it he'll yell at me if I lie about that, and. uh we did, and it was a bit different than what I expected it to be, because I didn't know who, like, Genos was. All of a sudden, there's this, like, pretty boy guy with blonde hair and black eyes, and I was like, man, he's eyes a real fuckable dude. And then, uh, and then a bunch of stuff happens, but it, it's, it's an anime where the main character is super overpowered, but it's largely not about that or about him, like, and it works really well with having, like, this really super overpowered character, because it, it's, it, part of it's the comedy... Part of it's like it's about everybody else around him trying to interact with him and figure this shit out. And, and, you know, it's like, oh, he's late to show up, so the monster kills everybody, so there's, like, stakes. And it was it was cool. It was it was a lot of fun. It didn't take itself super seriously. Didn't have a whole lot of women characters in it. That's good. Like the one. Boy, yeah, it was fun. I, I enjoyed One Punch Man a lot. I've been told Season 2 is not as good. What do you think about the One Punch Man game coming out? Why not? I don't know. I'm not going to play it. Because well, what's the point? of? I don't want to play a game where the whole character's thing is that he can punch somebody once. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you play as him, I don't get it. Like, if you played as anybody else, there's some neat, like, kits. Did you like, uh, oh, shoot, what was that game called? Um, What was that very, very angry man video game? I don't know. There was a game about being very, very, very angry. Okay. Angry Japanese game. I'm seeing a lot of Kirby cover art from America. <laughs> Asura's Wrath. Wasn't that like it was less a game and more of a you watch it? So it was a lot of like cutscenes with um, quick time events like thrown in. But that made the boss sequences much more cinematic and engaging. Because it's like... <laughs> It was kind of self-aware in that this is a video game about being so strong that you can do anything. So it's like, who cares? Of course you're going to win. So it may as well look neat while you're mashing a button. Sure. And it's very self-aware and like very, very over the top to the point where they execute this in such a great way that I don't think anyone else can do it. You have to take a breather before trying this again. But Asura's Wrath nailed it. And... I would love to see a One Punch Man game where they they base it around not gameplay. Like yeah, they can have they sequences have where like his friend shows up to like do cyborg stuff and there's like a fighting sequence. But when you play as him, you should be able to just like keep 
stalling out the whole conversation and keep going. And then once you're bored with it, you just punch them and they blow up. And there should be an, like there should be an achievement for speed running by like punching everyone before they give their speech, and an achievement for letting everyone give their full speech. I love, I love the difference between the art and this, these images you sent me, because it is like holy fuck different. You see what I mean? Where <laughs> I would love if someone took some of my comics and then like gave them a professional polish, where it's like I'm I'm conveying a point and you get the point. But it's basically like a storyboard that someone else is going to do actual art for. So I the, the Neil Breen question I asked about who who should get uh, what Marvel characters. I I decided to ask Alex and Jean Luc. Oh, good. They're my friends, and Jean Luc responded with, "I don't know who that is," and I said, "We're not friends anymore." And then Alex said, "I'd give him Hawkeye," and I feel like he could have Hawkeye, but it has to be the Hawkeye that sings shitty Jeremy Renner songs. Well, I just I had this great mental image of Hawkeye like walking around his house and like thinking about how important he is and it's like I love my family but there's evil in the world and I have to stop it <laughs> like I feel like you could take Neil Breen lines from his movies and just play it over sequences from the Avengers movies that'd be really funny I think if you edit it together <laughs> that would actually line up really well I feel like Hawkeye doesn't think himself that important, but also well, he, he doesn't. Does I, I, I don't know? Like, it's hard to tell with him. He's a, he's an interesting character. Hawkeye is actually a lot more interesting in the movies than I've ever thought of him as a character. That Have being you read said, the, uh, Lady Hawkeye stuff, the comics. No, I don't like ladies or hawks. I only like oh. eyes. Well, that that's fair. That's why I mean, the eyes have it, right? I my favorite Marvel character is the Watchman. But who's watching the Watchman? Stanley. Oh yeah. I want in a pervy way. I want um I want Stanley um to come back to life and go like hey and do like an Elvis impersonation and then die again. <laughs> did, did I ever tell you when I when I saw Stanley? No, maybe I don't remember. So I so I Comic Con I had to get a little breather, so I walked out of the convention center and right next to the convention center there's a hotel. And at the hotel, they have stuff. They got costumes. They got a whole thingy over here. There's a thingy over there. They got, like, a Nintendo ballroom where you can play games and stuff. I wanted to get a little drink, so I got a little drink at the hotel bar. Um, yeah, that's nice, whatever. I'm going to go back to the show. So I'm walking away from the bar and towards the convention center. And I'm not paying attention to where I'm walking. Elevator opens, and this guy gets out of the elevator, and he's, like, just kind of walking along, like, with me. And I look to the side, and it's Stan Lee. And, like, I didn't want to be one of those guys where it's like, I know you. You're here for the comic book convention. But it's like, oh, wow, that's him. And then, like, <laughs> he has, like, a handler that was, like, running to catch up to him <laughs> and, like, protect him before nerds swarm him. And so it was just kind of weird that, like, I was less than a foot away from Stan Lee for a minute. And it was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. And it's like I've seen him in on panels, and he says things to the crowd, and like it's a, it's all a big hoot. But it was really neat, just like seeing him as a real person, and not like on stage, as it were. You should be like, hey, I know you. You're Jack Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he got so many hugs from gay guys. 
Jack Kirby or Stan Lee? Stan Lee. I, I went to the... I think, I mean, I think Stan Lee deserves all hugs from everybody, so that's well, not that surprising. Well, that's the thing. Wait, do you remember that reality show he had on Sci-Fi? No. He had a show called Who Wants to Be a Superhero? And it was like a reality show where people would write in with their superheroes, and they had to, like, make their own costume, and it was like these like elimination around kind of contests where it's like, you gotta, you have to save the person from the thing. And so there's like an obstacle course that you have to carry a person through or something. And it was, it was really cute. It was, it was aimed at families. There's like special effects added. It's very silly, but it was also like, you got some interesting stories from these people that are like genuinely inspired by superheroes. And it was kind of inspiring to see people like want to rise up to be something inspiring. Sure. So they had a panel at Comic-Con where they're talking about the new season of Who Wants to Be a Superhero. And so Stan Lee's there, and they got some people from the show and stuff. It's all good fun. They're taking Q&A at the end. And there were, like, there were like two sets of gay guys that would come up for the Q&A and say, Hi, Mr. Stan Lee, can we come up and hug you? And he's like, oh, sure. And he's like, hug, okay. Oh, sure, okay, we'll hug. And afterwards, he's like, how come only the guys want to hug me? And then... <laughs> These these cute twins, they came up and said, Mr. Stanley, can we hug you? And he didn't even say yes. He literally, like, jumped out of his chair. Like, I haven't seen him stand the whole time. And he was, like, rocketed up. He was, like, went after him. <laughs> like, he was so eager to hug him. It was, like, it was that cute kind of, like, creepy grandpa thing where it's like, oh, you. Life's strange. But not that shitty video game. Did you like that game? I never played it. I saw a video where someone played the first half hour of it and was like, here's why this game is dreadful. And I was like, I trust you. You're a man on the internet. I like also, the first this game one. looks dreadful. I like the first one. Um, I think the second one tries way too hard to like wear its politics on its sleeve. Sure. Like, like it's so way overbearingly hard where it's just like... <laughs> I, was, I was watching a video of it and it's like, it's making me like cringe so hard. It was so bad. It was weird thinking that it was like some of the same people that wrote the first one that was a lot more intelligent. I wish I could remember who that YouTuber was that went through it because it was. Uh, I have to ask Joe because he's the one who sent it to me. It was a, it was a good video though because it was actually like this game is supposed to be about this and this and this and here's where it doesn't work. You know, uh, like like the, he came back to like player choice a lot. Like it's supposed to be about player choice, but you really don't have that many choices because it forces you to do things regardless of whether you want to or not. And so then like the writing's kind of not great. The, well, I mean, it's not the best game. I'm not gonna say it's super great, but I liked it for what it was. I think that's a valid complaint to say it doesn't give you enough like choice. But I didn't read it as something that was about player choice. I read it as something that's about these characters. And it's weird to me that, like, this is the Mass Effect problem again. People got really uppity that their choices didn't have enough, like, value or weight to it. But that's never how I interpreted the game. Like, I feel like you can take actions, but that doesn't mean that the entire universe, like, revolves around you. Sure. And in Dragon Age 3, they make it so the entire universe revolves around you because of that feedback. And it made it a really awful game with a really awful story. And I... It's like, okay, I guess I'm just done with Bioware games then. Because if they do it right and people complain, and so they start making it wrong, I just, what's the point? I know I've played one or two games similar to it, right? Where the, the, the gameplay is largely walking around, you're finding things, you're making choices. 
and dialogue trees. Because they're Telltale games. I didn't like them. I thought they were boring. Even if the writing was good, it's like, I could read a book, though, and I would have good writing, and I don't have to play this fucking boring-ass thing. Did you ever play the Batman one? No. I thought the Batman one was interesting. But there's, like, there's a later chapter that was literally inspired by Let's Players joking about the game. Oh, really? Because one of the writers literally, like, saw the guy at a convention and said, like, oh, hey, I worked on Batman game. It's like, oh, really? I love that. It's like, oh, I know. I watched you guys do the Let's Play. When you guys kept joking that there should be an option for Batman to just use his, like, zipline to leave Hold a conversation. Never mind. I thought that was a contractor that I've been trying to get a hold of, and it wasn't. It was my fucking ISP calling me at almost 9 o'clock at night. Woohoo! So, sorry about that. Honestly, I should have told him to fuck off. Nah, that's fine. No, I feel bad just, like, personally, because, like, it's literally almost nine. Don't call me this late. So, anyways, what was I talking about? Oh, the, so, the, <laughs> this guy that wrote the game, like, saw this guy at a convention and was like, oh, I, yeah, I love the Let's Play about Batman. Um, When you guys kept joking that he should just use his, like, his grappling hook to exit conversations early when it's awkward. Um, That's why we put that in the game, was after watching your Let's Play where you were making that joke about it. So there's literally a few conversation options where, like, Commissioner Gordon asks you a really tough question, and one of the choices is just use the grappling hook and leave. Nice. And it's like, you know, that's that's kind of neat with this sort of media. Yeah. The fact that they can adapt things that quickly. <laughs> hey, speaking of grappling hook, did you get around to Gravity Falls yet? I've seen two episodes. Okay. I'll, we'll talk about it when you're done. It's good. Yeah, I want to do a whole show about it. Okay. Um, now, if that gives me a reason to rewatch it again this year for the third time, I could probably do that. Actually, that'd be the fourth time because I watched it with comment. I actually, I kind of want to catch at least some with commentary. I'll I'll let you know when I finish the show proper, but okay. I'll probably start watching the commentary version once I let you know. The commentary is a lot of fun. Um, it it's a good show. I, it's really, and really it's, good. it's weird because I know that going in, and it's not like the bar is set too high. It's like, no, I'm actually I'm familiar enough with the show. I've just never had an opportunity to sit down and watch it correctly. So it's been an interesting experience watching it because it's like, this is what I expected, and I'm pleasantly enjoying it. You know? <laughs> There's no, like, baggage or weird, like, oh, people already talk this up or... Look at this hidden gem. It's just exactly what I wanted it to be. And I'm enjoying it. Nice. That makes me happy. Speaking of happy, um, that song. So there. Because we're happy. We should fuck off, though. It's about an hour 18. Because we're happy, fuck off. Record this show and upload it to SoundCloud. Because we're happy to have it a scoopy doopy doop. Maybe, maybe next week I'll do the intro. I cowered it. I cowered out this time. Are you still recording? What? I'm, I'm gonna stop recording now. Bye, everybody.